Hello and welcome to the Massive Attack podcast and And welcome to the Massive Attack Podcast. This is episode 113. I am your host, Mitch, and with me, as always, is Joe. Hello, Joe. Hello, Mitch. How are you? I am good. Are you great? Yes, I am very good. That is good. Things are coming along nicely on my end of the world. You're at the arse end of the world, literally. There is places lower than me on the map, but um, I am in the north of Tasmania. Borscht person. Yes. Well, (laughs) you're dirty, Uncle Mitch, so you can talk. Takes one to know one. Anyways, yes. this week we are mostly talking about cartoons. You brought up we the are. subject. I loved that you brought this one up because it's something dear to my heart, and that's well, dodgy movies and cartoons. Yes. So it is something that you have done a little bit of research in before. You had a panel on one of the Continuum Cons you did where you talked about cartoons in general, and one section of that panel was about inappropriate source material, you could say. Yes. So today yes. we're talking about cartoons that were based on R-rated movies. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to fixate on sort of three but we might talk about some other things so the main one is essentially it was there was a movie based on a book in the early 80s about 1980 81 called first blood and that was a, a story about a vietnam vet with post-traumatic stress disorder who is pushed too far in a local town and goes on a murdering mayhem spree does he Very go on a murdering movie. mayhem spree? I yeah, think he's he kills a lot of people. trying to defend himself, isn't he? He is, but he murders people. Yes. Yeah, so it was a very popular film. Sylvester Stallone started in and did quite well. And Sylvester very Stallone, well. known for his sequels, you know, with Rocky and things like that. They did Rocky 2, and then he made a, a Rambo, two, which is First Blood Part 2, and Rocky 3. Came out in the same year, I think. Hmm. Or very close together anyway. So essentially it was a real film, like in the same way that Rocky was a real film and then the sequels were popcorn films, if that makes sense. It was yeah, about post-traumatic stress disorder. It had something to say yes. where Rambo First Blood Part 2 is the popcorn action film. Yep. And he is, you know, John Wick before John Wick. You had John Crenner talking him up. He was this hype man saying John Rambo is the toughest of the tough. And he had to go back and rescue some prisoners of war from the Russians. In, I was going to say, it's in yeah. Afghanistan, isn't it? The third one's Afghanistan, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. And he's helping the Taliban. Yes. It was just an action film against those pesky Ruskies. And you were saying just before we recorded that you weren't a bigger Rambo fan. No, I, I really like First Blood. I think that's a great film, purely for the fact that it is a drama. It's not an action film. But then I think the Rambos after that kind of went too far over the top. So they are good action sequences. You get to see Sylvester Stallone running around without a shirt on, tying a headband and flying a helicopter with a you know, massive guns and stuff. So if you are looking for just absolute explosion porn, it's probably what you're looking for. But Rambo, for me, didn't have the substance that First Blood did. Really? Okay. Because I, I remember seeing First Blood on video. So it would have been yeah. post-1984, I guess. And I thought it was cool because it was shooting and stuff in it. And we played war with my cousins, which was sticks or guns if we had toy guns. And it was kind of cool. And then when Rambo came out, I remember seeing it. I was in a youth group called the Australian Air League. And we went to the Greensboro Twin Cinema. And it was like, wow, this movie just blew me away. I, so when did it come out? 85? 85 was first blood two, Rambo. Yeah. So I was 12. I was perfect yep. for that age. You know, it was just like, gimme, gimme, gimme. 
it's this toxic masculinity. Give me it all. Yes. And and that big fuck off helicopter. And I've never seen a helicopter that big before. And I was just like, what the fuck? And he takes it out with, you know, he's in his little Iroquois versus this big Sikowski or whatever it's called. Takes it out with a fucking bazooka. I was like, this is the coolest shit. And when he gets the M60 off the side of the Iroquois and he sort of wraps the bullets around his arm, how fucking cool was that? It was just like, it does have some iconic moments. Yeah, and I was just like, this is the greatest. And for me, it was mature because I was 12 and I hadn't seen anything else. So this was like, oh, wow, look at this movie. This is amazing. And then Rambo 3 was the one we talked about in Afghanistan, and it was just more of the same. I remember seeing that. I was probably 16, 17 at the time, and it was just like, eh. Okay, more of the same. Didn't have that wow factor of the other ones. And then it was a good 20 years at least before they did another one. And wow, that is an amazing movie. I haven't seen seen the later ones. No. It is violent. Super violent. Ridiculously violent. It seems to go for no time at all. And in the same way in the third one, he's always a man who's, who's left. Like, that's not me anymore. I don't want a part of this. And he gets dragged back in, basically. And the third one is in Thailand. He's doing bare knuckle fights or something like that. And then he gets dragged back to Afghanistan or dragged to Afghanistan to rescue some people. And it's just like, okay, that's fine. And then we're talking, I think 2000s, I think Rambo 4 came out. And I don't know where he is. He's just keeping his, minding his own business, living in some village somewhere. And then some missionaries get kidnapped by drug runners, I think, and murdered. And he's pushed too far and he comes back. And he slaughters. We're talking murder mayhem. This is murder mayhem. Yep. He hardly even talks in this. He's just motivated by anger, essentially. And just and slaughters people. And this was during that time when CG bullets were sort of coming in. You know, CG bullet wounds and everything instead of squibs. Yep. So sort yep. of in that, just it's just before Expendables. So I think Rambo and Expendables came out and, and the Expendables was, was sort of the PG version. And this was definitely R-rated. And there's a bit where he jumps on the back of a, a Jeep with a big fuck-off 50 cal gun on it. He turns it around and shoots the guy in the driver's seat and essentially liquefies him. He... <laughs> <laughs> he goes from being a person to not being a person anymore. And it's just like, what the fuck? It's it's just ridiculously violent, like okay. over the top. Definitely R-rated violence. It's just like, yep. wow. And then I recently just watched Rambo 5, which is Last Blood. Yep. And it's him working on a ranch in Texas or something, gets involved in a situation with some, you know, an adoptive sort of family and Mexican drug cartels and essentially coerces them back to his property. Okay. And does a home alone on them all mm. by setting up traps and this and that. And it's hyper violent again, but nowhere near as violent as four. But it's, okay. it really is home alone, super violent home alone. So, yeah, so... What I've told you now, do you reckon that makes a good cartoon for kids? Well, I think it probably does because yes. the Rambo cartoon it came out in 1986. So it was after the first two movies. And then Ruby Spears production company, who are famous for quite a lot of kids' cartoons, took a bit of a quite gamble. timely. R.I.P. Mr. Spears just died yesterday. Oh, did he? I didn't know yes. that. So we are quite timely. But, yeah, they made a bit of a, a – I, I guess it was an educated risk – that they thought that they could make a kid show out of an R-rated movie. Initially, it did start as a five-part miniseries. 
and then it got picked up for syndication and they did 65 episodes of this so mm-hmm. they were they were obviously doing something right to get that many episodes compared to a couple of the other things we're going to talk about this is by far the longest run out of any of these cartoons yeah obviously sylvester stallone was too much of a big name to be in it himself because i think it would have just cost them too much to get him to voice rambo so rambo was voiced by a dude called neil ross who has done quite a lot of cartoons and another famous name that is in this playing the role of uh, Colonel Troopman is Alan Oppenheimer, who did the voice of Skeletor in the Hemingway. Skeletor! He-Man! And James Avery also plays one of the supporting characters, Turbo. And James Avery, I think, went on to do Shredder's voice in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cut-ins. Or Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Well, that's true. He was as well. Or Hulk Hogan but, from Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. Was it? That was the dude from Everyone Loves oh, no, Raymond. No, he was JYD. You're right. You're oh, okay. Right. Yep. I think yeah. it was JYD or one of those. But we also had Megatron and Optimus Prime in there as well. Oh, did we? Yeah. Mm. Peter Cullen and Frank Welker were both in there. But pretty much, I think Frank Welker has the largest IMDb entry Well, yes. Ever. He's, he just does every character that doesn't really talk in human voice, doesn't he? Correct. Plus, he does mm. a lot of characters. But yeah. Yes. Yes. They kind of went away from the real storyline of Rambo. So there's no mention of Vietnam in this cartoon. There's no mention no of... PTSD. No, and they've kind of skewed the real world a little bit by aping current events of the time, but changing the names of the countries to all be like fictitious countries. Yes. Obviously, they didn't want to come out and sort of go, you know, we're fighting against Russians or we're fighting against whatever. So they had to change the names of all the countries. But it's pretty obvious what they're doing. Now, this was 1986 when it debuted. So I'm assuming G.I. Joe had been out for at least two or three years by this point. Yes. And there's a lot of similarities. Essentially, this is a cash in on G.I. Joe. Yeah. It's the same concept. It's good guys versus bad guys and there's vehicles and toys they wanted to sell toys because the show was actually called rambo the force of freedom and he worked a special unit called the force of freedom and they were against an evil evil um oh they were a paramilitary terrorist organization known as savage which was the specialist administrators of vengeance anarchy and global extortion what a great acronym so he was actually a peacekeeper essentially forced into stop these bad guys from savage yep so yeah it was um interesting so i i don't remember this show there was a bit of controversy with it i think because they actually got child psychologists in to sort of basically justify we're doing a show about war for kids to sell toys and they go no 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 we we, we've dealt with the issues that we we won't talk about this sort of stuff but you know there's there's a few stories going around that they had to take out the Vietnam and the PTSD and all these sort of things. But there's other stories going around saying, no, the person who was show running it had done other cartoons in the past. And it's like, no, I wouldn't have included that anyway, because that's not what's good for a cartoon. So yeah, yeah. but it actually did well. I think it got buried a bit after a while because there was a bit of an issue with the whole thing, but they yeah. looked at GI Joe going, this is popular and there's a bunch of toys. What if we had a huge name to that? Not just GI Joe, but what if we had a service to name to war toys and we can compete and i think they would have done well but i think it got buried didn't after a while there was a bit of controversy and it got buried I, to like a 4am time slot or something yeah i think the um the, the show itself got buried the toys actually were in production longer than the show yeah and, and looking at some of the still, ads yep. they're really good quality and a yeah, lot the toys of toys are nice 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they still sell for quite a bit on, on eBay. So there is a bit of a market for the toys themselves. But as, as far as the show itself goes, it is very similar to, as you said, G.I. Joe. You have Rambo running around with his offsiders. So Turbo's African-American guy who is a very good driver. It starts off in the first episode that he's halfway through doing like a, an indie car race when Rambo sort of comes down in his parachute and tells him that they need to go straight away and he just jumps out of his car and forfeits the race so he can go and help Rambo. And then there's a, a female character who's, they say is Asian-American, but I didn't think she looked that Asian in the episode I was watching, but her name is Catherine Ann Taylor, also known as Cat, and she is the... Mm-hmm master of gymnastics and master of disguise and martial arts and stuff so they're in little three man well three person team and then you have the colonel obviously calling the shots and telling them where today's episode is going to be based but the episode i watched i watched the first episode in its entirety it felt like a typical 80s cartoon like i don't think there was anything wrong with it like you look at these other characters like in the team there is there's white dragon which is a ninja Mm. character which not like snake eyes at all nothing of course no and then there was td which is touchdown jackson he was a former football player and ally of rambo and Mm. there's also chief which is a native american character because yeah uh, so that, that's that's it. And then you had Savage. So there had to be a bad guy and a leader of the bad guys, and that was General Walk. And then there yep. was Sergeant Havoc and Gripper, a European mercenary with a metal right hand. What if it was red? No, it was gold. Oh, fair enough. And then there was Mad Dog, Animal, Jerkface, Razor, Black Dragon. Oh, my God. What? So there was a black and a white ninja of opposing fuse. And they were twin brothers? They actually had, they had twin brothers. It's like, oh, nothing like Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes. Nothing. Nothing no, at all. Nothing. This has no. nothing to do with G.I. Joe whatsoever. No. Yeah, so I watched one episode and found it on YouTube, and it was, they had to save the Dalai Lama. The savage guys went up to sell, so get the guy in Nepal, and they're in the Himalayas, and they sent Rambo and his crew up to get him, and he getting around with his top off a lot. In the top snow. Of the world. Yeah, yeah, not bad. It's pretty tough, that old Rambo. Yeah. He saved him, as you can probably guess. Well, he's the hero. He has to save him. Yeah, it was it was, it was was very 80s. Like you said, it was, a, it was an 80s cutter, and... It felt like it. I wasn't offended by it. It wasn't boring. I actually moved at quite a good pace. And if I was watching this at the time, I I would have loved it. Because we've got I a friend, agree. Joel, friend of the show, who is a massive G.I. Joe fan. And I still don't get it because I never grew up with it. I remember the toys being on the shelves, but because we never got the cartoon on TV here, I never cared. It's like, oh, yeah, they look like cool toys, but I had no association with them. So I was like, I don't want to buy them. But I've seen yeah. little bits and pieces since, and I would have bought in badly yep. with G.I. Joe. If it was on TV here, I would have wanted everything. Because mm. I never remember so much of it. I never remember if this Rambo cartoon ever aired here in Australia. So I don't remember seeing it. No, ever. No. But speaking of YouTube, so I watched the first episode on YouTube, and there is actually a 12-minute supercut of the funniest bits of Rambo. So if you're not going to watch a whole episode, I'd suggest just watch that little clip because you get the complete gist of how this works. Just the crappy one-liners that Rambo throws out, almost as bad as what he would do in the movies or almost like Arnie in his movies as far as just the corniness of the one-liners. But, yeah. Speaking of that, I caught Expendables 2 was on TV two or three nights ago, and that is terrible for those one-liners. Oh, yes. Because Chuck Norris turns up and they pull, he actually says some Chuck Norris jokes and then Arnie keeps, just turns up and says, I'll be back. It's like, no, and then Bruce Willis is doing liners. It's just like, oh, this is painful. Stop it. Really stop it. Yep. Mm. Mm. So as far as recommendations go, 
give it a watch. I think it is worth it. The animation's quite nice for the time. Yeah, it's it's fine. It, it, it is an 80s cutter and it's exactly what it is. So, yes, yep. it's fine. And the music's pretty good too. So the music was actually, they took the original score from the film by Jerry Goldsmith for the titles. And then yes. a name that you would recognize, Haim Saban, actually did the music in the in the program itself. And Haim Saban and went Shuki on to Levi. do... Okay, yes. He did all the greatest but, themes. Yeah, pretty much any cartoon from the 80s that has an awesome soundtrack, they've probably had something to do with. Mysterious Cities of Gold, Ulysses 3031. Mask. They made a, and they made a fortune bringing Power Rangers into the world. That's true. Mm. All right, should we move on to our next cartoon? Next cartoon. All right, what movie are we talking here? All right, so if you were to have a movie where a policeman got brutally gunned down in a hail of bullets and then they brought him back as half man, half robot, and he was still a policeman, what do you think they'd call that movie? That'd be Robocop. Yes. I was not a huge fan of Robocop the movie. I've seen it a couple of times. now. I definitely don't like Robocop 2. We can talk about that, but that's okay. Yeah. See, I'm not too sure. Like, Robocop for me was a good movie, but it wasn't the sort of movie that I watched multiple times because it it resonated with me. So maybe that's why. A couple of years, age difference between you and I is bizarre. Yeah. Because this, again, spoke to me. Because I suppose when Rambo came out, which was, what, three years before this? Uh, Yes, so Rambo. Yeah, so... Well, Rambo was 85, Robocop the movie was 87. Oh, only two years, okay. Because mm. I would have got it on video. I didn't see the pictures, obviously, because I was too young. Yeah. So I would have seen 87, 88, and I was 14, and man, was I ready for this movie. This was this had the violence that I thought Rambo had. When I saw Rambo, first by part two, that was probably the most violent movie I'd ever seen. Well, Robocop's Robocop got was a share of violence. Oh, no, but when I saw Robocop, that was definitely the most violent movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, brutally gunned down. So Agent Murphy, rookie cop, goes out there first day, and you see this, his shock, his, his hand is liquefied by a shotgun. Yeah. It just disappears. That's my memory of it anyway. There is a robot being displayed, just displayed to a yep. board of directors saying yep. here's our new ed 209 and it glitches and shoots a person to pieces in yes. a very very violent great scene and like you said the he's the cop is destroyed murdered very very brutally and is reborn as a robocop and he goes out there and kills people with his big fuck off gun which is kind of cool you know shoots a rapist in a dick one guy gets goes uh, into a vat of toxic waste, walks in front of a car, and is liquefied as the car drives through him. Yeah, super violent. Mm. You think a look at that going, yeah, kids car do bring it on. I can totally see why though. No, okay. Visually, it's awesome. It's a cop, and he's yeah. a robot. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, so it's set in 2040 something i think it is that's when it's set so oh so when did this come out as a cartoon so this came out in 1988 so pretty much the year after the Straight movie had come away. out that's pretty quick yeah so i can't remember any toys with this one either there were toys there but again I, I don't know if we had the toys here in australia but there was definitely a toy line from this and again fairly high pedigree of the people that made this it was made by uh, the animation studio acom who had previously done german the holograms they did one of the tick series and they did the x-men cartoons amongst other things and it actually aired as part of the marvel action universe block so they they put a bit of effort into it. It yep. did unfortunately only run for twelve episodes. And I wonder why. Well, it's not quite as good, I don't think. I no. think they had plans to go for a second season, but it never happened because 
yeah, it just it didn't have the appeal that other cartoons had at the time. So it was very similar to Cops, I think, was the other show that was around at the time about robotic policemen. So yeah, I don't well, know Cops, that was, that was the thing with uh, Cops. Like with G.I. Joe, it was all about the vehicles and the figures. Yeah. So each episode, there's a new vehicle. So I want that vehicle. How cool is that? Look what it can do. Yeah. With Mask, it was a vehicle that could do something else. With Transformers, it was a vehicle that would transform into a robot. All these sort of things. So that's the problem with Robocop is they would introduce other characters, but it's still about Robocop. So maybe they couldn't. I mean, I don't understand how they go and commit to these 13 episodes and it just dies. Like, mm. Especially if you've got a toy line that can back it up. I don't know how you can invest it and just decide that, no, it's, too, it's done. Mm. I, that's what I never understood. Because in Australia, I suppose, we used to get complete seasons, especially if they were syndicated so we will get them here and we would watch them for a long time they seem to go forever yeah but here it's like something like a 13 net well that that started with 60 plus episodes so it was never not on yeah and even if they repeated it you'd probably forget because it's been 60 weeks since you've seen that episode but i remember shows that i vividly remember going oh yeah i remember that that was on forever and then you read up about it and go hang on there was only eight episodes made yeah how do i remember it why did they bother putting it on Hmm. yeah exactly it seemed to be on every saturday for 30 years like six o'clock saturday mornings for 30 years and there's something something like 20 something episodes exactly yeah yeah Yeah. so auto man i remember as this show and that was only like 12 episodes it's like but that was a big deal in my life i I vaguely remember it being awesome and huge, and no, I probably didn't yeah. even see all of them, apparently. Yeah, so this Robocop, kind of forgetful. I only watched it yesterday. Yeah, I, I watched the first episode, and yeah. the first episode was basically kind of introducing the gang that he was fighting against. Yeah. It just felt generic. It, it felt like nothing special, whereas I guess the movie itself was special, but just not special to me. But, again, the problem with this one, no – Big name actors in it. You haven't got Peter Weller playing Murphy, Robocop. Yeah, you've got nothing, really. And the way they kind of got away from the hyper-violence of the movie is they changed all the bullets to lasers. So, obviously, if if you're shooting someone with a laser, you're not killing them. You're just lasering them. You had other cartoons like Centurions at the time. So I could understand where they thought this might work. It's got a brand that you could recognize that kids would have seen. So I was like, oh, this might work. But the problem is Robocop's a boring character. Yeah, he's a robot. He he doesn't have emotions. He's just matter of fact. So you sort of got to try and put the characters around him. It's the exciting things, you know, but there's no humor because he's humorless and it's just kind of dull. You know, you can try and bring humor in with the goofiness of the villains so there's a main bad guy and he's got his henchmen and things like that. But it's just, in the end, your main guy is kind of dull. And I can understand why it didn't, it didn't work. In the movie, like, his suit's so awesome and the performance is great. It's also hyper-violent and it's taking the piss. But it's yep. a one take. That's why you didn't like the second movie. Because the second movie's not great because it didn't have that same sense of humour. They sort of upped, the, upped everything without upping the violence to any more. But they did uh, up the humour without understanding why the humour worked in the first one. The first one was very tongue-in-cheek. It was subversive, but the second one wasn't. Plus, Frank Miller, who wrote um, Sin City and things like that, he actually wrote the script for Robocop 2. But what they did to his script, they absolutely butchered it. So it it was a studio-affected movie is why it wasn't very good. And definitely a movie of diminishing returns as the sequels and mid-TV series came out afterwards. Plus there was that horrible wrestling tie-in where Robocop came down to the ring in WCW Capital Combat and Ric Flair was in the cage at ringside and he ripped the door off the cage. So, yeah, that's my opinion of Robocop. And that was 1990. (laughs) 
<laughs> Terrible. Yeah. People yeah. selling for Robocop. Anyways, yeah, so, so that was a strange one that didn't quite work. It didn't get the episode count and it wasn't very good. No, and all 12 of them are on, on YouTube if you do want to go and give it a watch. I can't right. recommend if it as much as I would recommend Rambo. Yeah. However, right, so let's the next talk cartoon, about the next one, yes. Yeah, so the next cartoon we're going to talk about is probably my favourite of the ones we watched. And I think that's possibly because... I like the source material more than I like the source material than the others. Now, this one was okay. a little bit later, and this was 1991 that this came out, and that is the Toxic Crusaders cartoon, which is based on the trauma film Toxic Avenger. Now, as yep. far as R-rated movies go, you could probably, as a teenager, get away with watching Rambo because it's just a war film. Yep. However, Toxic Avenger is not just violence. There's... <clears throat> sort of sexualization of the violence there's graphic horror and gore and just what you'd expect from a trauma film so the the story of toxic avenger is he's a nerd janitor who gets hassled by some other guys and falls in a vat of toxic waste turns into a hideously deformed mutant and goes back and wipes out the gang of people that messed him up pretty much yeah so to get around that when they made the cartoon they kind of vaguely turns it into an environmental message yeah all right let's talk about toxic avenger the movie properly. okay all right all right so you would have been introduced to this on vhs obviously because Definitely, i don't think yes. got a cinema release here i would have seen this at the ripe old age of 16 17 perfect when you used to go to video libraries i don't know if this is yep. the same in the states but here in i loved it when they started bringing in the, the codes like PG, yep. parental guidance, mature, restricted. And then they started adding in what was in there. It's like violence or nudity. And I loved it when it said violence, nudity, and horror. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> Give me all those movies. Yep. So, yeah, this is what this is, you know, so I would have, I used to troll, you get in the five videos for five bucks at the video library, and I used to troll the horror movie section for this sort of stuff. And you look at the R rating and you look at those little magical words going, what's in it? Yep, 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 yep. Bring it home. And Toxic Avenger had all of those. So yeah. now Troma, which is a production company out of New York, it's a little independent film studio. And they do a lot of distribution of films as well, but they've made their own. So there's like um, Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD, and Class of um, Newcomb High and a few others. But they yep. distribute a lot of independent films as well. But their their own films that they've made, there's only a few. And I have read Lloyd Kaufman, who was one of the runners of Troma Films. I've read his two books about making films and everything. And, yep. and that first Toxic movie made cost about five million dollars three to five million dollars and that was back in the 80s and the reason that worked is because they had independent cinemas would show these sort of movies plus exactly. the yep. video market was huge they could make their money on video and that's what mm. they did yep. you know with um surf nazis must die waldo warren private dick without a brain this um redneck zombies rabid grandmas they made and distributed a lot of crappy films they actually gave was it trey parker and matt stone is that yep. the right way yeah yep. um south park boys they gave them their first break by doing cannibal the musical they distributed Cannibal the Musical for them. That was really good. But their last film they made, or the most pre or second previous game, was Poultrygeist, which was about a chicken restaurant being built on a Indian burial ground. 
And that costs $300,000 to make, and they struggled to get the funding because they just don't have the distribution distribution no, network exactly. now through the video. So it's quite interesting to see that they were a small company back then making a $5 million schlocky straight-to-video movie. Now you can't even do that. No. You know, it's, it's just the, the dichotomies have changed a lot. Um, but anyway, they loved their boobs, they loved their blood, and they loved the violence and the humour. And we're talking fart jokes, literally fart jokes, not in tone, but just actual fart jokes. And it's it's just dumb fun is what it is. And like there are scenes in this where he is pranked by the bad guys. He puts on a leotard with a tutu. He goes in, gets put in toxic waste, becomes a toxic Avenger. He's got his mop. Now, the bad guys, they know they're bad because not only do they thrill kill, they run over people. They run yeah. over child. You don't kill children in Hollywood movies. That's why no. trauma or what they are. And then they backed over the child, his head, and then they got out and took Polaroids of it and got turned on. That's how nasty this the bad guys are. And so he goes around and he's got his mop because he was a janitor. So it's so he's gone from this skinny little weakling to this hulking, grotesque, you know, big, we're talking six foot four bodybuilder sort of guy with a mask, with his face all mutated, with his mop in a dirty version of this leotard with the tutu, because that's the Toxic Avenger. And it was taking the piss from the get-go. They could have made it a horror film, because there was a lot of horror films of the time, and it started off to be, let's take the piss out of the gym culture, because that's where it started from. And they put a twist on it and it made it a comedy. It was a horror comedy in a pure sense that it was funny. And they went out of their way to be funny and silly. And in the end, the grotesque human was the hero of the piece, even though he's murdering people. And some of the murders, you know, we're talking shoving the mop down people's throats or ripping their heads off with weights from the weight machine and that sort of stuff. But it's also not in the same way that Robocop was very violent but very visual. It looked impressive. This didn't. No, it's very fake looking. Yep. Yeah, and, and you know, you watch some of the things. I've got this 12-hour documentary DVD of making a film. They made the movie Terra Firma, and it's all the behind-the-scenes stuff. And just what they do to do it, they they do it with a uh, – well, especially now. Back then, they would have had more of a crew that were professional. Now they do it with interns, and it looks mm. like it. But, you know, yep. if they, they can try and make a head splatter with a mask, they might just put a mask over a watermelon and, and hit it with a hammer. That's as best yeah. they can go. You know, it's not like the Hollywood exactly. sort of style. So it's interesting in that way that it's – so because it is so fake and fun, you sort of laugh at it more, where if it was more serious and po-faced, the concept of it would be more striking and horrific. But because it is done with humour, doesn't make it all right. It just means I'm, I was a 16-year-old kid. But yes. <laughs> it's sort of like I'm laughing at these terrific, horrific murders. But – the fact that someone turned around and said, that movie, <laughs> let's turn that into a kid's show, is ridiculous. Yeah. I understand sort of where they came from. So what was popular at this time? Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles, exactly. Yeah. So we're not talking popular. We are talking Beetle Mania. Turtle Mania was fucking huge. Yes. They could so, not make enough toys TV shows enough. Kids no. bought into this and there were so many copies of this yep. stuff. So many things tried to be that. So what turned the turtles? They were mutated turtles that got turned into ninjas through radioactive goo. Okay. Pretty much. Yep. So I guess Hollywood didn't look very far. It's like anything else got turned into radioactive goo, turned into anything else. It's like, oh, the toxic Avenger. It's like, let's do that. <laughs> 
<laughs> I reckon a lot of that before someone actually watched it. Mm. But like you said, they turned that into an, an ecological theme, where it's yes. like toxic waste is bad. So we had Widget the World Watcher and Captain Planet around this same time. So it was pretty much Turtles and Captain Planet culminating in this one thing based on a horrific movie. So it's fascinating that it worked. And watching it for the first time, I knew this existed, but it came in, what, 91. I wasn't looking for this at the time. And I, I'm not too sure if it aired here from memory. No, I don't think I did know it existed because Marvel did bring out a comic, but I never bothered buying it because it was too kitty for me and I wasn't that interested. But it, watching it yesterday for the first time, it was actually funny. Yeah, I, I really like it. If you like Turtles, you would yeah. like this. Well, it's actually animated by the same company that did the first season of the Turtles. So you can see where these those similarities there as far as the animation style as well. The first episode of the cartoon pretty much, well, the first half of the first episode pretty much reenacts what happened in the movie. So it's how in he becomes PG toxic. Version, but yes. Yeah, very much a PG version. Uh, it's how he becomes toxic. And then they kind of do that typical, we want to sell more toys, let's give him some friends that are also toxic mutants as well. And you can see that this could have gone somewhere. Like, there was only 12 episodes made. And again, it's pretty hard to find on YouTube. Troma themselves have like a streaming service where you can watch everything legally through them through for a subscription fee. But we did a little bit surreptitiously and went to the good old Kiss Cartoon website. And they actually have the DVD rips of these, which includes a, a pretty cool intro by Lord Kaufman himself as Uncle Lloydie talking about how this is a classic and we should all be able to watch it rather than having to worry about it. could have been getting, bigger. Yeah. <laughs> what are you saying? He goes, you know, we could have had more because we could have sold more toys if we went into syndication, but they buried us. <laughs> they killed us before we could have made anything. Yes, the nasty it, corporations. It, yeah, because it was funny and it would have tied in purely. It would have been entertaining. Kids would have loved this stuff. But I think people paid attention to, hang on, what is this based on again? And they got, they, I think they did get buried. They did. I, okay. I'm not sure. Um, yep. I listen to the Toy Power podcast, and these guys have a fond because they've just re-released the Toxic Avenger toy. From yeah. a lot of retro toys are coming out again, and the Toxic Crusader toy was just released, and it was it, people were excited. I think it was like a Kickstarter equivalent, where it's like, will it get backed enough? And it got backed in no time. Yeah. So even though it is only thirteen episodes, I think people of the right age remember this. Yes. And and love it. And it's like okay. So I I don't. I think they love the toys because a lot of people grew up with the toys because I do remember them being in the stores. Yep. So and they and were the, very much like turtles in the fact well, they were, that it was they were made by the same production company that made the turtles. So they were Playmates toys. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't know, you could look at them and think they were part of the turtles line. They would play in the same line. They were all mutated. They all had a gimmick that that did something. Yeah. And they were colourful and bright and fun. And and that's what you want in a toy. Yep. And the cartoon was quite funny because you know he got turned into a toxic waste. What's the term? And he was mutated into a hideously deformed creature of superhuman size and strength. And they say yes. that about eight times in yeah. The and then when he and when it, he's it friends come along at the time. end, yeah, they say it again. It's like I'm also one of these you know, hideously deformed. Yeah. So they, they introduced all, all these other characters. Yeah. And I, they were quite fun. Like it, it was. was it was it moved at a good pace. The plot so that there was a bad guy. A constant bad guy in the same way that Turtles had Shredder or whatever, or Krang, more to the point. So you had Dr. Killamoff, and he was he had sort of a gas masky sort of thing on, and he was just trying to create toxic waste everywhere. He was trying to leave it all around Tromaville. Yeah. 
So he's an alien that's come to Earth and he needs well, to be able to... Well, you'll find that out in that first episode, that yes, yep. he's actually trying to terraform the Earth to be more like his planet with all this toxic waste and everything. And he ends up... Yeah, so... And there's a couple of the bad guys that tricked the guy into becoming toxic earlier. They yep. end up getting falling into toxic waste themselves, so they become toxic bad guys, essentially. So more toys and more create crazy sort of things. So there was toxic, there was no zone, if you want to look at characters... And Nozone was a pilot who flew through a hole in the ozone layer and got mutated. And now he can sneeze. Yes, he crashed <laughs> into power. a silo of radioactive pepper. Yeah, that's right. And he's got a wheel for his right foot, yep. as you do. And there's Major Disaster, who is was originally a military soldier who gained the ability to control plants after falling into a radioactive swamp. But didn't even try for that one. No. And then there's Headbanger, which is a two-headed character, which is Dr. Bender and another guy, Fender. And Dr. Bender's like the um, prim and proper, and Fender's like a lazy surfer dude. <laughs> and yes. there was Junkyard, which was a junkyard dog meshed with a homeless man, as you do. Mm. So that were the good guys. And the bad guys were Zar Zoster, Cesar, however you want to say it, and Dr. Prince. Killamoff. And yep. there was a psycho, a bonehead. Major Max Grody Paluto, which was a big oil slick sort of blob, General Garbage, and the um, Radiation Rangers, which is sort of thing. So it was it was very on point. It never yeah. took itself too seriously. It never delved into the violence of the of the original movie. Like it was definitely a kids' cartoon. If you didn't know what the source material was, it was just something quirky. And there was definitely a you know positive Earth anti-pollution movement. His mop gained sentience because that was the toxic as well, and that used to point out things to him and send him on his way. And in that first episode, he uses his mop to like help a little girl rescue a kitten from a tree and stuff so <laughs> yeah yeah it, it has a lot of cartoon tropes but it doesn't it doesn't well like i could quite easily sit and watch all 12 of i would episodes, watch I more yeah and yeah. i think they, they released in 80 97 i think they released a movie but i think it's just the first three episodes yeah it's just the first three episodes thrown together yeah so they're the main tv shows we're going to talk about today and they're yep. probably the most extreme cases there's a few if you look at there's a few lists out there and youtube lists or articles and talking about other shows that were based on r-rated movies that became cartoons and i yep. watched one last night called swamp thing based on the DC comic from the 70s that, w that yep. was a horror comic that Wes Craven made a film in about 1980, which was – there's two versions of the movie out there. There's the PG version or the boobs version. So, okay. Yeah. And then in about 87, 88, I think they remade it and made a movie and slash TV show called Return of the Swamp Thing, which was a lot more PG and hokey with Heather Locklear in it from memory. And I do that, remember that, yep. And I think this is closer to that sort of show where they brought it out. And again, it's essentially Toxic Crusaders, if you watch it. Yeah. It's Swamp Thing. It's environmental. He is there. There's a bad guy who might as well be Dr. Killamoff, and he's got his bad guys going around the swamp. He wants to get Swamp Thing because he's got some sort of serum in him that he wants to so he can live forever. So he's trying to capture him. So he's got his baddies. He ends up using a mutating serum on them, and they mutate into creatures. One's Weed Killer, who I don't know, even know what he looks like. It's creepy. One's a sort of a bat guy and all that. And, and it ties sort of back into Rambo now because he's got his crew that helps him out. 
So he's got a Native American guy and an ex-Vietnam vet guy called um, Bayou Billy or something, something like that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. okay, this is all tying together too weird. And yeah, so there are the tropes, if you know, are aware of the comic. It is a brilliant comic if you read Alan Moore's run. It's amazing. Do it. Nothing to do with the cartoon whatsoever. But you're watching it going, okay, you tried really hard to cash in on Turtles. Turtles obviously was a big deal. And the environment was obviously a big deal. So they tied them all together. I do remember the toys at the time. I never watched the cartoon, but I do remember the toys being out and... They were cool toys at the time. I went and did some Google searching last night at them, and it's like, yeah, they've dated not so well, but that's because yep. toys now are so good. But you look back yep. then, they would have been fine. Um, again, it wasn't bad. It was just not the Turtles, where Toxic Crusaders was good. That is something that you can sit down now and you're watching going, yeah, that was fun. Where you look at this now, this goes, no, this was 1990s, fairly yeah. 90s. But yeah, so that, that was interesting watching those together. And especially I two days ago on Netflix – the Justice League. So DC have been producing animated films every three or four months. They've been bringing out these animated movies and they had a culmination, sort of like the Avengers Endgame of a 12, 14 part movie serial that they've been playing all these different movies. This was kind of the culmination of that. And it had a lot of DC characters in it. It's called Justice League Dark, Dark Side War, I think. I can't remember now. It's too late. I'm talking a lot and I don't know what I'm saying. And yeah, so it was... And Swamp Thing was in that. So it was kind of funny that it sort of came together. And little yep. things that he did in this, because he stretches his tendrils, he's made of, you know, Swamp. He can do what he wants, really. Hmm. And, yeah, Swamp Thing goes nuts in this more adult movie, more adult cartoon. But he sort of did similar stuff in the Swamp Thing cartoon as he did in this Justice League Dark movie. But, yeah, that was okay. kind of funny. So, yeah. Hmm. And another thing I mentioned that I watched a little bit of as well is Conan the Adventurer, which came out in 1992, obviously based on Conan the Barbarian that came out 10 years earlier in 82. So Was it there based was, on that or was it based on the novels? Well, I think it was probably based on, on the, the novels, but because it's the same sort of character that was in the movie, they kind of tied yeah. into the movie. But ironically, the rumour is that He-Man was originally based off Conan, but then they that decided that they, they couldn't make an action figure based off an R-rated movie for kids. So they created their own law for He-Man and then they made He-Man. But then based on the popularity of He-Man and the He-Man toys, they made the Conan cartoon and then there was a line of Conan toys as well. Watching the clips that I did watch of this one on YouTube, you can tell it's a 90s cartoon, not an 80s cartoon. But I, I think I would probably give this more of a go than I did. I only watched part of an episode. But if I could get a full episode, I would probably give that a go. I think it used to be only in the morning. And I, yep. I would have been an adult at the time and watching cartoons before I went to work. And I do vaguely remember catching episodes and sort of being intrigued enough that I was, I kept tuning back in. Yeah. But well, well, this, was this would have been the time when I was watching stuff like The Tick. And that's what I yep. really wanted. Yeah, exactly. But this was an absolute toy tie-in because Hasbro Studios actually re made the cartoon. So it was just a 22-minute ad for the figures. So, yeah. Yeah. Not the figures were very big and bulky from memory. They were kind of cool. Yeah, I didn't mind them. I've never had them, but I've seen them since, and I think they look pretty cool. And yeah. speaking of other figures and toys, something that wasn't actually a cartoon, but it was based off a very adult movies, but there was a series of Chuck Norris action figures called the Chuck Norris Combat Commandos or something that came out in the 80s as well that were based off yep. the Chuck Norris movies. 
and marketed to children. So, yeah. Yeah, because that, that, that fascinated me. Like, now, this was pre-Texas Ranger. August, yep. So, he was just an action movie star back then. Yeah. And he didn't make PG action films. No, he made yeah, he jeans He was making Invasion gussets. USA and all this sort of stuff and Lone Wolf McQuaid's. Yeah. So, it's it's not like I don't think Chuck Norris was a name. You know, this was at around the same time he was promoting the Slim Jim or I know he had his No, this, this was much jeans. earlier than that. Hmm. And what was he, what's him and Christy Brinkley, some sort of home gym thing? He was shill on that. So I don't know why, like Chuck Norris was sort of an icon to those who watched the Kung Fu movies. Yeah. But I don't see him, I don't see him as a name. Like I've talked in the past where, because I was young and didn't know any better, and I was just getting movies from the video library. There was a difference between, I didn't know what a Brando or a De Niro was. For me, a big movie star was Roy Schneider. Because he was in two Jaws movies. That made him huge. And then he was in a Blue Thunder. Fucking hell. Roy Schneider's the greatest actor in the world. Or Burt Reynolds. And he was exactly. actually huge. But, <laughs> like, because I, I didn't watch movies with the Brandos, De Niro's, that sort of thing. So, yes, I knew who Chuck Norris was. In the same way that a Iron Eagle is on par with Top Gun. Because, fuck yeah, they both got planes. Yeah. So uh, so I don't understand how Chuck Norris had enough kudos where they turned around and said, yes, let's create a show around him. Because Mr. T got one. I get that. He was huge. He was in TV show The A-Team. So sure. that was a kid's show or a family show. And he yeah. was, it was huge at the time. Give him a show based on him. Muhammad Ali got a show back in the day. That was fine. He was probably the most recognizable person on the planet. I don't understand Chuck Norris. I don't mind. It just was kind of weird. Someone made that decision. And I think they made money. I don't know if they were huge selling toys, but I, I think they made enough money for them to, you know, do more than one line of figures. They had, you know, separate releases and stuff, but yeah. Well, that's why I'm fascinated with a lot of this stuff is you, you green light this TV show and you can hope it sells long enough that you can get toys to market. But mm. that takes time. It takes 12 to 18 months to get a toy line up, really. Like, He-Man worked because they had a toy line first and then the cartoon from memory. Yeah. And it worked really well in a time and a place where an action figures sold. They don't work anymore. I realize that with my kids. They don't give a shit about action figures because they've got computer games and iPads. So it's a very different time. And I, was, and I don't know how syndication works in America, I suppose, because they can play it every day once it's hit syndication. But I loved Transformers as a kid. And we used to get one episode a week on um, the early bird show. Yep. So it was sort of a kid's show interspersed with cartoon bits. So it's not even like you got a half hour straight of cartoon. You'd get a bit. And then they cut back to a competition or a this or a that and then go to the next bit of the cartoon. So Marty Monster wrestling with a kangaroo. Correct. Yeah. So so Transformers was a week to week proposition, you know. So oh, I want to watch the next one, the next one, the next one. And if you're lucky, you could tape it and watch it again in between. Um, but I do remember things like He-Man from memory was mornings before school. I think I used to watch it every morning. Well, maybe yep. it was once a week. I'm not sure. But I know He-Man dropped with like 60 episodes to start with. So well, I think never really originally, it, originally it had aired once a week here in Australia. And then once they'd realized how popular it was, it was pretty much airing yep. every day, I think. So it was all constant. So that's great. And and it's always on forever then. And the toys are constantly on the shelves, replenishing and new. And that was good. Nowadays, it's a different beast as far as those. T- I mean, Ben 10 did really well for that reason. Like, I never watched it myself. It's not my sort of thing. But I was too old for that sort of thing. But he's well, a that, that's nearly one kid who turns into well. different aliens. And he was, sorry? That's nearly 20 years ago as well, though. That's like early 2000s. 
yeah, it would be now. So, so you got that, and that was perfect for toys, but a great story. So they actually wrote a good story around it. But it's a boy who hits his watch, and he can turn into ten different aliens. His name is Ben or Ben Tennyson, and he can turn into ten different aliens. But guess what? After they mm-hmm. sold all those ten aliens, he can turn into more, like Pokemon. Got to get them all. Yes. So it still exists. It's just not for me. But yes. So, mm-hmm. but I think that we've talked enough. Was a pretty short episode, and I'm just rambling now. But yeah, it was a different time, as you said. The the toy tie-ins aren't there anymore, so we probably would never have something the equivalent of people making cartoons out of R-rated movies because the toys just don't sell. No, because mm. I mean that's the reason you make it. They didn't make a Rambo movie because oh, there's more Rambo stories to be told, but in a PG version on cartoon. No, it was like exactly. GI Joe is popular. We want to sell toys like GI Joe. Let's do Rambo. It's got name recognition. And it was the 90s when, or the 80s, when every toy had its own half-hour program to advertise those toys. And all of the best cartoons, as you said before, were based off toys. So, yeah. And I I love it. I still look back with so much fondness memories. Mm. Anyway. Anyway. that was probably our favourite of the cartoons. If I had to pick one out of those three, I would say Toxie by far. Probably followed by Rambo. The greatest last. Yes. The Toxic, I don't know who did that theme song. I couldn't find any information of it online, but it is a classic 80s metal song, even though it was 1991. So there you go. I'll probably chuck that on the end of the episode. But as I said, that that's our choices. If you think there's something that we have forgotten and we should have mentioned as far as adult movies that got turned into cartoons, drop us a line on our Facebook. We are facebook.com slash the Massive Attack Podcast. You can find us on Twitter as the MA Podcast, and you can find our website, which is themapodcast.podbean.com. And until next time, thank you very much, Mitch. I had a lot of fun watching some cartoons that I hadn't heard. Me too. Seen More cartoons. I, I can see a lot of cartoon episodes next year. Yeah, I think so too. Mm. And I'm going to go off and watch some more Toxic Crusaders, definitely. Cool. Alrighty. Thank you very much, and okay. I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.